Welcome foodies, farmers, and sustainable food revolutionaries. This is On Pasture. The podcast brought to you by Niku Farms. That's all about bringing farming back to nature, food to table movements, and sustainable farming. I'm your host, Danny. Welcome to another episode of On Pasture. Today, we're talking with Jill Weaver, founder of Stock Exchange, the company that helps Niku Farms partner farms convert their animal bones post-processing into delicious and rejuvenating bone broth. Her story has a lot to do with a passion for small farms, staying local, and conservation. Here's her story. This episode is brought to you by Niku Farms, the online farmer's market for locally, ethically, and sustainable raised meat delivered direct from the farmer to your door. Support a healthier way of raising meat that's better for local economies, farmers, and your own health. Okay, as usual, let's kick it off with the question. What's in your pantry? Um, well, it looks a little bit different than it might have looked a few years ago. Um, but definitely grass-fed butter, um, molasses, apple cider vinegar. Um, I've got some kefir in my fridge, arrowroot powder. Yeah, and then basically just like fresh ingredients in my Stock Exchange takes bones from local farms that raised animals sustainably and on pasture and turns it into bone broth. What's bone broth? Well, it's been touted as a miracle broth with so many incredible benefits. But for Weaver, she keeps the messaging simple. You need bone broth, I make it. And it's comfort and it's nutrition. I'm a mom. I started doing this as a mom. I don't have a background in nutrition, so sort of refrain from speaking to health benefits. If you Google bone broth right now, it's incredible what comes up. Again, it's not going to fix everything. It's not like it fixed everything for my son or for my family at all. It's a lifestyle. And not only is the lifestyle about incorporating it into your food and cooking traditionally that way, telling people what it's all about. I really want them to think of it as that comfort food, right? But everybody, when they think of, of picking it out of their pantry, it's going to go grab a Tetra Pack or they're going to grab like a dehydrated bouillon cube. So just kind of explaining what the, what they're missing out on by going that route. They're getting an awesome flavor, but they're, they're, they're missing out on an opportunity to fortify their food and to you know, provide additional nutrition to their family. And my end user, it's quite a range of people from, you know, baby's first food to people recovering from surgeries to people in hospice that I, you know, supply broth to as well. So there's all, you know, there's those two extreme spectrums to the middle, which is just to support the home cook. As a mom, Weaver really leverages bone broth in so many ways. Best of all, instead of water for rice or pasta, she cooks it all in, you guessed it, bone broth. A clever way of sneaking in nutrition to little kids who might be piggy eaters. I cook everything with it. I cook my pasta with broth. I cook rice with broth. Everything is starting that way. So I know that I've got this sort of like this in mind that, you know, if my kids walk away from the table and all they had was, you know, a couple of bites of pasta or whatever that looks like, I know that they got a little bit extra that they may not have gotten otherwise, right? I would just use like a lit and then just start low. So you're just going to get your broth at a light simmer and add your pasta and just gently stir it while it absorbs it all and the pasta is going to taste amazing and it's going to be full of, you know, Weaver wasn't always certain she would be an entrepreneur in the local farming and food space, even though she grew up around farming. The start of her career was spent away from these roots. I am the daughter of farmers. So I grew up in the country, not on a conventional farm, but we, my, my dad's, uh, my dad and his brothers were the largest livestock exporters for Canada until the border closed. So we were kind of like the cow hotel. So he would get orders from Mexico or like big government orders and he'd have to go around to real farmers and like buy animals. They'd get shipped to our farm and then they'd get 
flown out to wherever they were going. So that was the life that I grew up in, and I wanted nothing to do with it. So even though Weaver thought she wanted nothing to do with farming, when her child became ill, she somehow found a way back to food and to farming. But yeah, I always worked in town, and I was always like working in restaurants, and that's where I spent my time, and then I did a lot of traveling. And then after traveling, coming home, and having kids, I was really thinking about you know, where my food comes from, and that's sort of what's brought me back to the farm. I was my first kid. Um, I went back to work really early, kind of postpartum, kind of just, you know, needed to get back to work, and I just was experiencing all these, like, strange food intolerance issues with my first son as I was introducing him to food. Yeah, and I just wanted to kind of get to the bottom of what this was. So it was like ear infections and respiratory issues and just like major eczema and just kind of like, um, you know, sensitive to the whole world kind of a kid. And the more antibiotics I was putting on and the more times I was going to the ER, I was like, what is this about? So honestly, I ended up quitting my job and just trying to get to the bottom of like what this was all about and doing some reading on like mom blogs and stuff. And I ran into an author called Nina Plank. She then directed me to um, Sally Fallon and the West Indian Christ Foundation. So started reading up about that. So it was like, you know, Michael Paul and Nina Blank, they're a little bit more mainstream authors and then moved into West Indian Christ. And then I just kind of like immersed myself in that whole world. And once I picked up the Nourishing Traditions cookbook, it's like the Bible, uh, traditional cooking. I, I kind of thought I was going to do this like Julia Julia thing with this book where I was going to like try out every recipe and do kind of like Facebook feed about, you know, trying everything out. And the first chapter, the first section of Nourishing Traditions is bone broth, and that was it. I just got like hooked on this. Just realized that just cleaning up my own kitchen scraps, I was able to like fill stock pots, and I would always have like tandem pots on my stove all the time. And just because I wanted to like cook everything from scratch, and that seemed to be the starting place for most like sort of cooked meals. And especially with having you know young kids, I could put bone broth with a sweet potato, I could do it with anything, and I was fortifying and you know just sort of boosting. It's, nutrition and its immune system started to definitely improve and so did the rest of our health. Food sensitivities among children seems to be a growing issue, one that persuaded Weaver to start researching more about the food she put on her family's table. But it was also an issue that she questioned in general. It's one reason she talks about going back to not the way our parents did things, but instead the way our grandparents did things. It's so bizarre and I think that you do kind of feel like you're you're crazy because our parents' generation was all about convenience and it was all about flavor over nutrition and it was just about making it simple. And so we dropped so many of these things and I, and I think it's it's been interesting being a mom and not trying to make my mom wrong but just sort of delicately working through that fine line. Okay, you know, I understand why you did what you did, but I'm going to go back to like grandma did. But even after deciding she would pursue making more and more bone broth, Weaver still didn't look at this opportunity as one where she'd start a business. At least at the beginning, she didn't. Making broth, I, I really never thought that it would go beyond that. Out of my home kitchen, I mean. Um, I named it Stock Exchanges because I thought it was cute and I would just barter, right? So like I'm not huge into baking anymore and so I would raise moms in the schoolyard, make goods for my broth or whatever it was that they had and that was kind of fun and no big deal and then it just kind of got yeah. really big, yeah. So now that Weaver's business Stock Exchange is growing, she needed more and more bones. Where'd she go? Back to the farms, to the community she knew so well growing up find a produce farmer and they'd often have eggs and then from there you know maybe they were selling some pork chops or whatever it's gradually sort of leaning into that and then through my interest in Weston Price Foundation I actually went down to a Wise Traditions conference and followed 
their recommendations and found some farms in my area that were pastured, grass-fed. So these were new things that I hadn't necessarily heard of happening up here. And that was, that was like 10 years ago. So 10 years ago compared to now, I mean, it's almost basically mainstream in terms of awareness. You basically just end up on different people's websites or their blog posts and sort of find them that way. And, and then once you got to know one farmer, then you could kind of get connected to the rest. In terms of scaling up for stock exchange, it was it felt like a really daunting possibility that there would be enough clean bones to supply what I needed, right? Because in food, it's, it's all about margins and yields. I need to make a lot. Now they find me. But it's not just about buying bones from any farm. With each farm she makes bone broth from, she reviews all of their farming practices. With every farm that I want to, that I'm potentially going to work with, I have an intake process with them. I often try to get out and visit them before I agree to work with them. Often it's just some really simple questions, just about how they're raising their animals, how they're feeding their animals, what their water supply is, what they do with a sick or injured animal. I just want to know the culture of their farm and the culture of their family and what their what their intentions are, right? And, and I think, you know, part of what Stock Exchange is able to do is provide that little piece of insurance to the farmer that if they are raising their animals the most naturally way possible, and humanely, obviously, but like feeding them their most natural diet, then I want to reward them for that. And I want to see those farmers flourish, and I want to be able to pay them for something that they might otherwise not have been able to so easily have moved, right? That's a win. Farms that raise their animals the right way get an opportunity to sell their bones to stock exchange to be made into bone broth. But wait, what did farms do with their bones before? A lot of them would try to sell direct to customers, and they could, they could get more per pound on the bone side. They weren't able to move that much. Often, when I connect with a new farmer, they knew that they should have kept their bones. Meet somebody new, they're like, I have a chest freezer full of bones that I've kept from last year's harvest. I, I thought I could do something with these and I couldn't move them. So I'll, once I've sort of qualified them, then I'll say, okay, well, let's give her. There's more to bone broth than just the bones. Getting the taste just right is something that Weaver works very hard on. When I was just doing this at home and I was just using my own kitchen scraps to put like stock pots together, I really wasn't following a recipe. And then as I researched more and read more and learning the different ratios and again, nourishing traditions, it's like the classic bone broth recipe. Do an acid soak, so whether that's white wine or whether or red wine or apple cider vinegar or lemon juice, you're doing some kind of an acid soak to try to porous the bones and break them down and help them to release what's inside. So I start with that. I'll always use filtered water. My ratios of like veg and herbs, like I just have, I guess, played around with that, but really basically it came out of the nourishing traditions book and my approach has always been that. And then as I moved into my commercial kitchen and doing it at a larger scale, it was important to me that I maintain all of those steps just like I was doing at home, just on a larger scale. Yeah, I want to be able to profile their flavors and, and their fats as well. So I just try to keep all of that in mind. Interestingly, when you work with farms that raise animals on pasture, feed isn't uniform the way it is on commercial and factory farming. So when it comes to working with different farms, the taste difference between the farms is noticeable in stock exchanges broth, and it comes down to the fat. There's obviously a huge difference from farm to farm. You know, it's subtle, but it's there. And again, like it shows up in the fat. So I can see so much, um, so much of the story of that farm, the diversity of their pasture, what time of year the animal was taken off. But when it comes to growth, Weaver is interested in ensuring everything is kept local. Local is very important to her. Consumers should get products from their local farms. The food system that I want to be a part of, right? Keeping it connected. And so instead of going federal and distributing nationally, if I were to grow or expand, I would basically duplicate 
maintain the same setup in a different province. Find the farmers in that province, sell back to the consumers Love in that. that province. Stock Exchange works hard to have traceability for each bone broth that is made. Here's why Weaver believes the traceability of knowing what bones each broth came from is important. When I was doing this for my own family at home, I was getting such um, benefit out of going to the farm, my kids coming with me, meeting the farmer, seeing who was harvesting our eggs, just that connection and stepping on their soil and just getting to know the person who was creating my food. I love to be able to provide that to the consumer who is maybe too busy to get out there. So in my traceability program that I'm going to be releasing, my hope is that it provide that connection with the farmer and the consumer, and hopefully the farmer is going to be able to move more of their products. The beautiful thing about bone broth is that it has a lot to do with conservation and utilizing every part of the animal in the most optimal way possible. I am looking to utilize underutilized animal parts um, and make sure that it's being upcycled before it's composting or before it goes to an incinerator, unfortunately. So using all the parts as much as I can. Farmers can use every part of the animal by taking the deplumed chicken feathers and using them to help fertilize their soil. For stock exchange, this also means not just using the bones, but making use of the byproduct that is made through the bone broth creation. It's the fat that accumulates on top of the broth, and it's about composting the bones back at the farm. Slow simmering our pots and the natural byproduct of that is that I've got a layer of fat on the top of every batch that I produce, so I'm skimming that off, using that for whether it's, you know, I've sold it to food service to put in their deep fryers or on their hot plates, um, and now I'm getting into consumer retail with that as well. But then there's other possibilities, you know, to turn that into soap, beauty products, and then at the end of every week, we take all of our spent bones out to a farm and we turn those over into a compost pile, we're trying to dry those out, and eventually want to turn that into both so that, you know, all of it's being used and then we're able to regenerate the land back with what we just, you know, we're able to pull from it, exactly. Yeah. From traceability to sustainability, Stock Exchange is getting back to the basics on a foundational broth for everyday cooking and everyday health. That's all for this episode of On Pasture. We want to thank Jill Weaver for joining us today. We hope you learned a little bit more about sustainable food usage, bone broth, and local food movements from this talk. You can find Stock Exchange in across 200 stores at freezers of the meat section, but most importantly, you can get it through nikufarms.com. Stock Exchange will also be rolling out soon with duck, goose, turkey, pork, and bison broth. We're looking forward to seeing where Stock Exchange heads next.